It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience on tolerance in this episode 85 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Ugh, I got to tolerate you guys for another freaking hour. All right, Dennis. Enough. Whoa. That's not very nice. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. James, what are we going to do with him? Um, well, I'll just burn his village down. No, <laughs> that's cruel. Is wait his literal village, or in the it's game a, world? In the game world, oh. but it's a literal village. So this is my plan. I'm going to um, <laughs> listen up. I'm going to go to the top where the clouds are and pour lava over the village. But don't then, do that. While it's covering the whole village, I'm gonna pour water on it. <laughs> Then you're just going to turn it all to cobblestone? Yeah. Is that no. what happens? If yeah. you burn something down and then you pour water on it, it turns no, it'll into the turn cobblestone? No, lava in water. Like if lava hits or water hits the lava, it'll turn to cobblestone. No, it turns to obsidian. If a water hits a lava source, it'll turn to obsidian. But if it hits flowing lava, it turns to cobble. So, and if lava hits a water source, it turns to stone. Oh, in the in the real I world, don't take physics. God, what happened to the cobblestone? Like they would make streets out of it back in the olden days, and yeah. they realized that it's they just, paved over it. It must have taken forever to yeah. cobblestone a road, right? Yeah, everything took forever back in the day. Yeah. But it's, it was almost like if you gave me two roads and you said, all right, pavement and asphalt is no longer a thing. You can have a dirt road or you can have a cobblestone road. I would choose dirt. Because... Well, most of, the, most of the places did have dirt roads, but they use cobblestone in the nicer areas because, you know, dirt turns to mud. So they wanted to have some type of road that they could walk on where they didn't get their fancy dresses and stuff dirty. Because mm. even like in Central Florida, there are some roads in Orlando that are cobblestone, and I hate those roads. Like they, actual I, cobblestone or brick? Yeah, yeah, they they like actual cobblestone. And my car right. is like, it you know, it has good uh, shocks. But I'm like, think back to the horse and buggy days. That horse just must have been miserable having to haul yeah. something that was like bouncing around, like it was going through an earthquake. Yeah, I think that's probably where they started making the changes. And then they have, would have like the little divots in the roads to like for the horse carriage to be more smooth. Hmm. Well, I guess now we know. Well, we woke up this morning and thought, I bet we're going to talk about cobblestone. Dennis, 
Uh, <laughs> I, I've already played with cobblestone today. <laughs> I look at cobblestone uh, every day. Why don't we start with you, James? How's, how's the last week been? Anything new? Um, nope. Just, um, let me see. Blah. Just working a lot. Working 40 plus hours a week, which isn't too shabby. Um, uh, just really been at peace. You know, not a lot of new stuff is happening. Hopefully, I'm going to try to plan a trip to go get the boys in a couple weeks again. So that'll be nice to see them. Um, my wife likes pink, so I've been buying. I've been buying her pink toys because if it's a present, I'm not really shopping for myself. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing: they're all like, they're like pink things that I would buy. So she's got like I'm looking at six toys stacked up next to her bed, and one of them's. Prince Adam, you know, from He-Man, because he had a, a pink vest on. Uh, I got a pink Batman. A pink- <laughs> so you're buying yourself toys, and as long as they're pink, you just tell them they're hers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. She's going to listen to this, and, like, you're going to be in any, any fungo pops? Yeah, uh, a Wonder Woman, pink Wonder Woman one, and uh, the Prince Adam's a fungo pop. <laughs> I wish we had a fungo pop. I wish... You know, nobody endorses the the show, but if they did, I would say, hey, is there any way that we can have a Funko Pop made? All right, here. How about we make a deal now? Like we we've agreed that we won't like we're not doing endorsements or whatever. Right, we're not selling out. But uh, <laughs> but if Funko Pop ever approaches us and wants to endorse the show, we we won't take any money. We'll just take one Funko Pop for each of us yeah that's and so james doesn't get in trouble there'll be at least one pink piece of clothing yeah james is where be wearing a pink shirt or something (laughs) i like i like that hey that's very smart james it's a smart technique that you have going on but she actually said you know i don't i don't really care for these figures you're buying me i'm you don't you don't have to buy them for me anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's on to you. Yeah. Has she has she brought you home any uh butterfly pets since moving to the butterfly house? Nope. Mm. Nothing. Wow. Well that's all right. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Well sweet. Uh Dennis, you got anything? How's the last week? Ooh. Nothing, nothing really has happened. No, nothing crazy like the week before. No, no, no progress forward, no progress backwards. I guess kind of the same at James. Maybe this is like the quiet rest period before the next chapter or something. I don't know. But I like, I like quiet, peaceful weeks where nothing crazy happens. Awesome. I, I, wish I could say the same. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, oh, oh boy. God. No, uh, it's it's been fun. It, uh, tolerance and, and patience and acceptance um, are three of my. Like always, I always have to work on those. <laughs> and working from home and not understanding why when I tested negative for my. Um, 
COVID test that I got uh, a week ago. Why I have to work from home, I don't understand. Uh, it's just been tough because with my back still being sore, I don't have like a, a desk area set up. So I literally, it sounds great. And just bear with me that working from bed, trying to do a show and then setting up a pillow fort to record everything. Cause I don't have like a closet space. Um, <laughs> it's just been so frustrating because then the pillow fort falls on you and then you got <laughs> everything. So it has been, it has been very uh, trying, but I know I only have a couple days left and I was uh, frustrated that a couple extra projects were put on me and that's really, it's really tough just working from home without a studio and just a laptop to put together audio projects that are going to be, um, you know, heard by many people. And I'm a perfectionist guys. Like when you're working on a project, uh, you want it to be, you know, as perfect as that could be. And the programs help me with that, but like for real, I know I'm not going to be happy with it, but I can't go in the building till Monday and this project has to hit air on Saturday. So, um, I just have to suck it up, you know, and do the best that I can and know that as soon as I hit submit, then it's done. Um, so that's, that's been tough. I have a rental car for my car that's getting fixed cause I got an offender bender a little bit ago. Um, so yeah, so I'm in a, I'm in a pretty sweet automobile and I was content with my car until I got a rental that was like brand new. And I'm like, look at all the bells and whistles. <laughs> um, I'm trying, I'm trying not to uh, get too excited about this car. Cause I'm going to have to give it back in the next week. But, uh, and it's not even like a super sports car. It's a Nissan Altima, but I'm like, yeah, oh, man, they put a lot into these now. So. Yeah, like the, every every year, the new the new like cars like standardly come with new bells and whistles that I'm, used to be uh, yeah, like luxury a couple of years ago. I like I I'm good at parking and everything else, but they like their cruise control. Just like when James was talking about ha- uh, having that Tesla uh, a couple months ago that he was driving that pretty much drives itself. I'm not sure how this works, but I'm pretty sure. This one almost does that, you know, where it will stay. What you got to do is essentially set the cruise control and then it will do its thing. Um, and that's pretty neat. So I'm not going to necessarily test it out because then I'm going to, uh, I think, really regret my automobile, which I love because I don't have to make any payments and I paid it off in December. But, um, but that's it. You know, today's today's a great day, and uh, this topic. Grateful for Dennis coming up with tolerance. Um, how'd you come up with that, Dennis? Outside of that, you have to tolerate James and I. Well, that was it. You asked for a topic, and I was thinking <laughs> like this again, and I was like, nope, tolerate it. They're not as perfect as me, so I gotta just accept that. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, what's no, the definition of tolerance? Tolerance, I think it's, it's when you can drink like 12 beers instead of six. Oh, wait, no, that's wrong. That's that's funny. What's yeah. what's um, no, I was thinking like what got me to think about it was 
I, you know, when you sent the thing, I was thinking about like, okay, what like conversations have I had with people that would be a good topic that we haven't talked about before. So I went through like a few of my head of the conversations I've had in like the past week or two. And then one of them that I, that, that stood out was like this idea of tolerance in the sense that like, you know, here's a short story and you can stop me when I rambled too much, but um, there was like in the, in our home group or whatever, there was a female that was coming um and she had some issues she's a newcomer or whatever and like she would have moments of like like commenting when she shouldn't comment and acting out and and just kind of being disruptive a little bit and like she has other problems outside of alcoholism and stuff like that or whatever but it was like like a lot of people were getting like really annoyed by her or whatever so they held a meeting or whatever and talked about what they should do about it or whatever and stuff like that and i'm under the the impression of like you know we shouldn't like not allow people to attend the meeting you know what i'm saying if someone disrupts the meeting or whatever and is causing it too much of a problem you can ask them to leave but you can't like ban them from a meeting or whatever because those people need help they're sick it's like but for the grace of God, there goes I. And it, and we know that like, like recovery takes time. So none of us are perfect when we come in. All of us have all kinds of problems and stuff like that. And if we cut that off, then, then that person might not ever get help. And, it, and it's like, it is about patience and tolerance to us. We have to tolerate like these behaviors and get past them because we know that like that person is sick and that we have to like give them help. And, you know, fast forward now that same person has picked up like six months and is not the same person anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like is, is relatively normal and like well-behaved and, and doing well. So it makes you think as if like we get too above ourselves or whatever and start like, kicking out people or like not tolerating certain things, then, then that person might never have gotten help, you know, might not be who they are right now. Yeah. And that was my thought for it. That's as far as I went thinking about it though. Nice. Well, I, and I think that's a, that's a big thing, right, James? Like as far as uh, tolerating in the, the program. And I know, you went to meetings first before coming to celebration. Um, do you feel like when you came in, you can talk about your experience of tolerance. Do you feel like people were tolerant of you when you first entered the rooms? Um, yeah, they were, you know, I think of, I can think of a couple of reasons why they were tolerant of me mainly because, you know, I, I came in late and I didn't say anything and I would sneak out hoping that no one would talk to me. So they didn't get a chance to, um, you know, not tolerate me really. Um, and then, you know, after I got my sponsors and I kept relapsing and, you know, just doing the own, my own thing, you know, my sponsors, um, I must've chose some good ones because they were always, you know, they would just smile and they'd be like, it's okay, man. You know, keep, just get another white chip, keep trying again. So, uh, 
in my experience in early recovery, you know, in and out of the rooms, I, I experienced a lot of love and tolerance. Um, I just wasn't ready to receive it. You know, I, I was still too focused on myself and my own self-centeredness. Um, but looking back, I can see how much love and tolerance there was there in, in the rooms in general, general and in my life. And, you know, I like that saying, saying there, but for the grace of God go I, it's, um, it's just, uh, it's a recognition that others' misfortune could be my own, you know? So, um, if it wasn't for the blessings of God and everything he's done in my life, I could, I could be like so many other people. Um, and I, I actually get a, every day, you know, working in the service industry, I get to experience so many different kinds of people. Most people are happy, you know, they're, they're, they're going out to eat and they're just a joy, but some people you can just tell that there is a chip on their shoulder and they are nasty or they're, they're con artists, you know, you never know. But, um, what I go, what I take away from it, if, if they start to treat me unfairly or, or rude, you know, I just, you like, I don't know where this person is coming from, you know, like they could, their upbringing could have been horrible. Um, basically, I cannot judge other, others for their flaws. Because um, in reality, we are all equally flawed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. uh, I do. I used to think that I was uh, a very tolerant person before I came into the program and my first sponsor. Uh, made made it very clear that he had a different opinion uh, on that and that at the time I was in a management position over, I don't know, roughly like 30 uh, individuals. And he said, you know, hey, how do you like the people that you, you work with? And, uh, you know, I would nitpick the biggest things. And this was probably two weeks into working with him. And that's when he first started talking about tolerance and, you know, love and tolerance is our code and um, taught me that the first step out of those, you have to make sure that you're tolerating at the very base level. Um, And then, as James has said many a time, that God is love, you know, and our sponsor often uh, says that. So when I used to have annual passes to Disney, whenever, you know, I would have a conversation with him in the morning and sometimes because at the time I was working later in the day. So I would go to the morning meeting, our home group, and then I would go to Disney and I would walk around and that would kind of be like my gym, you know, like I would make three fast passes, um, which if you're not from around here and listening, it's essentially you get to cut to the front of the line, so to speak. And I would make those, I would go on those rides, but primarily I would walk around and he would always say when he thought I was disturbed uh, in the morning about whatever, that he said, you know what, while you're walking around and you're people watching, you know, the the other people are in line, um, look at everyone and just love everybody that's there, you know? So if somebody's walking slow or you see, you know, um, just anybody acting out of sorts, just look at them with love, you know, and appreciate them. And without 
actually knowing that, hey, I was a very intolerant person. I would pick people apart left and right. And also, I wouldn't take that second to pause before I react. Um, you know, for me, my actions would be right away. And if you do that, that impulse reaction, um, that causes me to not tolerate anything around me. And uh, I know Dennis was making a joke about tolerance, but isn't it f- funny about, yeah, drinking? It's like you have a really high tolerance. And it's a lot of us had a really high tolerance uh, for alcohol, but nothing else. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the contract uh, contrast of um, there were people even in my life that as my tolerance with alcohol went up, my tolerance as far as people tolerating me went down drastically. And, um, you know, my apologies stopped being something that people would tolerate um, as well, kind of coming into it. Was there anything, Dennis, that uh, James and I said that you could identify with? Yeah, I think you kind of like, like a couple of things that y'all touched on with like, as far as like, you know, James said, like we are all equally flawed and stuff. And like along those lines, I think it's easy for us to forget that like everyone out there in the world, whether they're in recovery or not in recovery or people, and they all have flaws and you know, we all have flaws. So it's easy for us to like sit here and be like, oh, that person's doing something that I don't agree with or that they're doing something weird or how could they do that? But then when we look at ourselves, we want to be forgiven for our flaws and stuff like that. And I think it's, <clears throat> we kind of got to extend it. Like you mentioned, you know, someone walking slow in line or, you know, maybe you're behind someone driving and they're going slow or not using their signal and stuff like that. And if we try to put ourselves in their shoes or whatever, we, they might like that person that's walking slow might have a pain in their leg, but they're still out there doing their best. They're there with their family to try to have a good time and they can't move any faster. You know, maybe the person driving in front of you is lost, you know, or whatever. And you got to try to think like, like there's tons of things that I've done in my life that like don't define who I am. But just in that moment, I made a mistake or I slipped up or I was hungry, angry, lonely or tired and acted up or whatever. And but that's not who I am. So we got to realize that like all the people that we come across in our in our life, whether they're in the rooms or not, you know, might just be having that moment. You know, they might just be having that moment of of whatever it is. But the rest of their life, they're actually very good, outstanding people that are very nice and we could probably be friends with. But we don't know them. So we jump to judgment or irritation or whatever, you know. And I think, it, like, it's important to remember kind of like what you, when we first come into the rooms and we're a mess and we don't have all of our etiquette in line and, and stuff like that, like, it took us a while to, like, become who we are and we're still growing and trying to become better people. But like early on when we did destroy all those relationships and, and everything like that, that's just who we were at that moment. So when like newcomers come in and they're like that, 
we can't judge them from like having three or five or even 10 or 30 years expect like, Oh, that, that kid's freaking brat or whatever. It's like, well, 30 years ago, you were doing the same stuff. You know, you kind of got to remember that, but it was people's tolerance and love and tolerance that like got us through the steps and got us like to grow, you know, I think it's just important to remember that. Yeah, I, I find, and you mentioned about um, the conversation that was had uh, as far as somebody in the room that was disruptive and um, how, how do you explain, have you had a situation trying to explain like, hey, we have to tolerate and like the ways to like work through to teach somebody tolerance have you had to do that with either a sponsee or somebody in the fellowship james through the years no no specific sponsees you know i'm i've um really had to just teach myself over time um but it's never trickled down you know my children maybe you know i I talk to them a lot you know to just because they're two teenage boys they they argue and fight and then on top of that one can be completely peaceful and the other will just come up and torment him for no reason i was like why would you do that you know and um they're, they're just always at each throats and um you know i try to teach them you know just try saying things in a loving way be be tolerant of your brother you you guys all you have is each other right now you know you've got your parents in this year-long pandemic, you're not going to school. You don't have your friends that you can converse with, you guys. Just try to, you know, be loving with one another. And I'm sure in one ear and out the other, but, you know, I, I try to teach it to them. And, um, you know, this program, this way of living that we all are so gracious to have, you know, it doesn't it doesn't come easy. You know, we have to really unlearn everything we've learned over our 30 plus years of life. And, um, you know, it's, I want so bad to be able to take my children by the hands and listen, this is the right way to live. (laughs) And, um, don't, don't do what I did, but you know, it's sometimes it doesn't work like that. It's hard to, you can't really teach someone faith. Um, for me, I had, I caught it. I caught faith. I, I, otherwise, I don't think I would have got it. So I don't know. It's all I can do really is pray um, and then work on myself, if you know what I mean. Yeah. What, what helps me is I still have from when I um, worked step one, which they say 100% of the time you have to work step one, right? That um, life is unmanageable of a drink or a drug. Um, I look at that and I was first asked to write down three ways how life's unmanageable due to that. And whenever I am having a tough time tolerating someone, something in my life, uh, I look back at that and say, okay, those things that made life unmanageable You know, I made other people that are in my life, I made it really tough for them. So I can tolerate this stuff, 
as a not penance, but growing up in the Catholic religion, I think a lot of that's like, okay, well, instead of saying this many Our Fathers or Hail Marys, uh, because of the way I acted in the past today, I'm doing this for God. You know, I'm doing this stuff for him. So I'm going to tolerate this and I'm going to try to help to the best of my ability uh, to be of service. That totally helps me. Um, and I was flipping through a couple episodes ago when we had my friend um, Crystal from Vermont that told her story. I don't think it was on uh, the podcast but before or after. She was talking about that she got me a book of uh, one line like dad jokes um, <laughs> for my first year of sobriety. And I still have that. And right next to it also was a couple of notes that I had set aside and, and the notes of how things were unmanageable that my first sponsor had me do was in there as well as like a bookmark as well as a card from the people that um, were at the anniversary meeting that I was at. And uh, it's stuff they will always take with me and I'll always look at it. And I always have even moving around. I make sure that with moves, sometimes you're like, Oh, I don't know where I put that. Like I always make sure that I have that. And it's at the top drawer of a bureau I have. And if, you know, when I first got it what, almost six years ago now, uh, it was in a different bu uh, bureau, different dresser, and I moved it over um, because I need those reminders. You know, uh, I do have a built-in forgetter that will make uh, the important, I guess, is tolerance a principle? Is that one of the, um, one of the 12? Do you know, Dennis? I don't know off the top of my head, but I think it's a, could be considered a principle, but I don't know if it's listed in that in those twelve for the correlating of the steps. Yeah, I, I, and I, I know I shouldn't feel like it's easier to tolerate people in the rooms than it is outside, but for me, it is. I don't know about you guys. It's maybe it's because I know and I can identify um, with people in the rooms that I'm like, okay, well, well I'm going to tolerate them because they have this issue. Um, but it took me years to be able to tolerate uh, family, friends, coworkers the same way until I realized that, Hey, everybody's got their thing, you know, even if their thing isn't drugs, alcohol, um, you know, self-centeredness, usually I, th I have found is the, the real root of the problem. Um, and a lot of people suffer from it and it's undiagnosed because they don't want to, um, to deal with it. So it's just my job to deal with it with, with tolerance. Have you guys found any of that? Well, I think it's along the lines of like, you know, we come into the rooms and it's easier because it's like, what is it be between the third, the serenity prayer and the Lord's prayer or whatever. It's easy to practice the principles because we're there. We're in the mindset. Everyone's talking about it. We're there for that reason. And it does take a while to like move that out to the outside world or whatever, but eventually we do. But I want to add like, you know, in the book, it talks about like working with newcomers and stuff like that. And they say that like, you know, they might steal from you or they might set your mattress on fire or something like that. So when any, anyone's being annoying or just being peopley or whatever, it, 
or someone's complaining about it. And it was like, oh, at least they didn't set our mattress on fire. You know what I'm saying? So, like, uh-huh. this day and age, we're still, like, probably got it a lot easier than they did in the beginning. You know, like, if someone becomes too much of a problem, we just get them into a rehab or detox, and then we get them when they're relatively dry. Where back in the day, they went through all of that detoxing and stuff like that in another alcoholic's house or something. So we still have it a lot easier. But also, I'll just say one last thing is that, like, my grandmother was a good example of, like, love intolerance, right? Her name was Grace. So I always say that she's, like, the example of God's grace, unconditional love or whatever. Because, like, whenever I would get in trouble, you know, I'd get in trouble in school, get in trouble with my parents, all the stuff that I ever did, get arrested and stuff like that, where, like, the rest of the world, like my parents and everything like that were like yelling at me and I was in trouble or whatever. My grandmother, whenever I saw her, she just hugged me and loved me. You know what I'm saying? Like unconditionally. And I try to like use that as an example. I'm not always as good as as she was or whatever, but it's like all of these people, especially when they come into the rooms, they have a lot of times their family, their courts, their loved ones, everyone is on them they're all like they're getting that discipline and that anger and that disappointment and everything from every angle of the world. Like sometimes when they come into the rooms for the first time, it's the first time where people actually can tolerate them or love them, you know, unconditionally. And that's what helps them get better, you know? So like, it shouldn't be our job to like, yell and scream at people or punish people or anything like that it's our job just to love them yeah yeah i like that james you got anything else to add before we wrap it up when all said and done all that matters is love so let love take over that's right all you need is love yeah there you go uh and i think that's the fourth time in 85 episodes that dennis has sung that song so thanks dennis Maybe. Pretty good. I'll be honest, though. The oh, second time baby. was the best. Hello, darling. Hello, my ragdoll. Yeah. You're a little pitchy. That's the first time you've ever done that song, though. So. Yeah. I like to switch it up, keep the audience guessing what's coming. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you guys hanging out and, uh, and tolerating me. I'm sure there has been a time that each of us has said, you know, I, I'm just going to tolerate this. And then it swings back over. Right. We don't have to name those times, Dennis. I know you got that tally board. Oh, I got a journal dedicated just to that. <laughs> yes. No, I'm kidding. Keep coming. Keep coming, buddy. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 86. We're the defective characters entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, but for the grace of God, there go I. And we'll see you next time. Woohoo!